Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. My name is Ann Ortley. I'm an astrologer here in New York. I'm sitting here at the bright red desk on the Upper East Side in Manhattan in the Isle of uh, the greatest city in the world. I love New York. I And, of course, it's springtime here in New York, and it's like a happy time, and it just feels like life, 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 blooming all over the place. Uh, what we do on the Weekly Weather is we talk about what's coming, this week is particularly potent, a lot of stuff going on. Um, first, Mercury went direct, uh, which is always great. And um, he is still hanging out with Neptune, though. And he does he meets up with Neptune uh, later this week. Venus entered Pisces, and she meets up with Neptune week after this week. Um, there's a new moon in Aries, which is always fun. And um, that's the, you know, the initiation of the summer season, the spring season. Uh, we had the sun go into Aries, and then this week the moon links up with the sun. And it kind of goes, okay, let's go. And that's kind of a nice chart. I'm going to be doing a new moon webinar on Wednesday night. The new moon is on Friday the 5th. Um, and uh, the energy is really, really potent. The other thing we're having is a once-every-19-year experience where Pluto dives into the south node, south node of Capricorn this week on the 4th. Now, we're going to have a lot of Pluto-Saturn this month of April. And a lot of people are looking at it going, ooh, Pluto-Saturn. You know, when you read the Internet, the astrologers are all going, economic recession, economic problems, changes. So this is the week when it starts. So you really want to pay attention to August, April 4th because Pluto hits that south node. Saturn also is uh, aspecting the node by parallel, which is an aspect there at the same degree of declination in the sky. So even though Saturn doesn't dive into the south node until the end of the month, he does have a um, he does have a nodal aspect this week, and of course Mercury and Neptune third pass. A lot of people with Mercury and Pisces joining Neptune and Pisces this last month have been really, really feeling it on a very deep emotional level. So this is the third and final pass as Mercury goes past Neptune. <clears throat> so a lot of ghosts appearing, a lot of people from your past, a lot of reminiscences. I've been having a lot of conversations with people about things that happened when stuff was going on in their lives earlier at 17, 18 degrees of Virgo Pisces uh, because that's the degree that Mercury's uh, Neptune are at. So kind of if you have anything at 17, 18 in the mutables and you've been finding, or even in the regulars, and you've been finding you've been running a lot emotional or very sensitive lately, that's that energy, right? So kind of giving it permission uh, to shift and change and, and allowing it to express itself to you in the way it wants to. But really, with Pluto hitting the south node for the first time in 19 years, uh, that's a biggie. That's a biggie, and it usually results in some kind of major uh, world event. Sometimes it's an eclipse, or not an eclipse, sometimes it's an earthquake, sometimes it's a volcano, sometimes it's just, you know, craziness in general where we all go, wow, like a war, or some kind of um, aspect where the world stops and kind of looks and goes, wow, that was big. And, of course, Pluto has and Saturn have been traveling together for a while now, so they're they're really looking, and Saturn is, and Pluto is at the degree that he's going to be joining with Saturn in January of 2020, which is an event that happens every 38 years. Last time it happened was 82, fall of 82, November of 82. So if you were alive back then, what was the what was the relationship? Because it was in Libra, 
that's structure Saturn changed, Pluto. In my case, that was when my mother got diagnosed with uh, colon cancer, and she was dead six months later. Um, Other people have different stories for it, depending on where the conjunction was in your chart. I have a good friend who got married on that aspect, but she's a Saturn-Pluto girl. She has Saturn-Pluto in her first house. She's a 47 model. And... um, so, you know, depending on, you know, it was a transformation of the relationships of your life. This one is a transformation of the structures of the government and the banks and the corporations and the world. Big deal. Big deal. Going to be fun. And we're all sitting at the edge of history watching it come in. The other thing that's going to happen this year is Pluto is going to go three times into the south node of its uh, planetary node which happens once every 250 years. Um, last time it happened with Saturn was 500 years ago. It's a big deal. Um, again, we're sitting on the edge of world history. So I sent an article out on my newsletter, and also I think I posted it to Facebook, and I'll put it up on my website this week. It's just been a little crazy here. Um, about this, the, plan, the planets going into the planetary nodes, because we know the lunar nodes is a big deal, but the planetary nodes even bigger. <laughs> So just get ready. Wild rides ahead, fun times, and just really focusing on understanding. Now, with the Mercury-Neptune, a lot of people are running depressed or running sensitive, running emotional, running really deeply feeling, having psychic dreams, figuring things out. In my land, Mercury-Neptune, I got diagnosed with sleep apnea right a few months ago, a month ago. And people have been telling me that for a while, that, you know, I, I I did bizarre things at night when I slept. Um, and so, <laughs> so I've been using my sleep apnea machine, right? So that's my Mercury-Neptune story. And I'm finding I'm really tired when I wake up, I think because I'm getting a good night's sleep. I don't know. It's like very bizarre. So um, at any rate, uh, watch what it is. Watch how it shows up in your life and what, what that new story is because Mercury-Neptune is going to want to talk. And now Venus coming up to Neptune next week, not this week, but next week, also Right, so three planets, very sensitive, in Pisces, in the sign of the ocean, the water, feelings, feeling, feeling, feelings. So just kind of watch. And also if you have depressed friends or you have people that are um, feeling a little low or not quite right, you know, go see them. This is Kathy Lee Giffords last week in at the Today Show. You know, she was talking about moving to Memphis and that her husband had died in 15, her mother died in 17, her kids both lived in California. So she became a widow and orphan and an empty nester all at once. And she said, you know, I love my coworkers here, but I go home and I used to have this thing called sundown where I'd go out and sundown alert, we'd go out and watch the sundown every day. And she said, and I was just, you know, incredibly lonely. And I just decided I don't want to be incredibly lonely. So I She's filmed a movie last year, starting in Memphis, and uh, she's moving to Memphis, you know. So after 11 years, Jupiter, we hear Jupiter, we hear 11 years, packing it up and moving off. So watch where your life wants to unhook or un, unconnect, and watch where the deep emotions are running. Watch where the deep feelings are. A lot of people have been reporting crying a lot. Um, and somebody asked a question, so I'm going to answer it. You know, feel free if you if you want me to cover a topic or something, because I do try and include a brief astrology lesson in the course of the weekly weather. Someone wrote and said, "Can you talk a little bit about the midheaven?" 
And so what the midheaven is in your chart, of course, the time and space, the reason we ask as an astrologer for your time of birth is because it pinpoints the angles of incarnation, which is the IC and the MC, which is the bottom of the chart, the top of the chart, and the horizon, what's rising when you took your first breath, and what, what constellation is setting on the far side. And we, you know, we always look at the ascendant and the sun and the moon. But the other three points, the midheaven, the IC, and the descendant are important. What the midheaven does is it says what you're here to do, where you're heading in your life, what your life's purpose is. Now, it's not necessarily your career, although it can be. The midheaven is your vocation, your calling. Technically, the work you do every day is your sixth house work. You know, that's, you know, you go to work and you do your paycheck thing and you get your money for your paycheck. And it's how you spend your days, the sixth house. But the tenth house is what you're known for, what you're recognized for, what you're supposed to go out in the world and do, right, and head out into the world and do that. And then, of course, the planets that go up come back down to Earth because gravity keeps working. You throw it up in the air, it comes down. Right, So the midheaven and the planets go up to the top of the chart and come down. And as they get to that top, they culminate. And it's kind of like climbing Mount Everest. You're there and you kind of look around and you go, wow, I culminated, but now i get to get back down. Right, And so that process. But the midheaven is what you're, what you're actually supposed to do. And in many cases, it's your calling, your vocation, what, you're called to, what your path is called for. So I have a Sagittarius midheaven. I write, I preach, I teach. I mean, I'm not a preacher preacher, but I preach here on the radio show with you. Um, and I try and do Sagittarian versions where it's a little optimistic and it's a little bit like how you use it, teaching you other ways to think about it. I like to learn other ways to think about it. <laughs> um, so that's my Sag, Midheaven. So depending on what your Midheaven is, it's going to describe things. And some of them are a little weirder than others. Like let's say you have a Pisces Midheaven like Jackie Kennedy did, right? She was a photographer. Uh, I mean, she was uh, rich and poor in her childhood. She was a photographer and a reporter. She married Kennedy. She was the senator's wife. Then she was the first lady. Then she was the widow. Then she was the single mom. Then she married Onassis, the guy with the boats, again, Pisces, midheaven. Then she came home and lived in New York, and she did a lot of stuff saving things in New York, the Grand Central Station, the ballet. She did a lot of civic work. She worked as a book editor, which is kind of a Piscean job. You know, they're behind the scenes. You know, they do the work. They're really, really important to writing a book um, because they, you know, they help the author create. But they're also, they step back. It's not their work. They're supporting the work of, Right. And then she ran around the reservoir a lot. <laughs> they named the reservoir after her in Central Park, actually. And then Virgo on the downside, Virgo on the IC, she was buried in a, a military cemetery. She's buried in Arlington among Virgos, among all the soldiers. Right. So she ended up in the Virgo land. Because the IC is where your body's going to be when it's done, right, down there at the bottom. So when we look at the midheaven, we see a whole host of things that go on as we go through our life that are very Piscean, starting with photography and then moving on, you know, redecorating the White House and, every, and being a fashion icon, Pisces, you know. So the Midheaven has a whole host of things it does for us in terms of how we, how we present in the world, what we're known for, what we're recognized for, and how that lays out. 
So hopefully that's a little lesson. And so this week, with Mercury and Neptune and Venus speaking together, working together, they're going to be talking to you about the dream for the next chapter. So whether you're like my, my, my friend who's moving to Florida, we, I was just talking to her a few minutes ago, her house is up for sale, she's looking for work, she's moving, da 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 or you're Kathy Lee Gifford who knows she's going to Memphis and taking off, or you don't really know what the hell you're doing. <laughs> you just know it's a drift in a dream, and your life is shifting, because it is shifting, and pretty radically, right? So honor it, thank it, help it, work with it, and don't freak out. This is a natural, natural transition. It's a worldwide transition. England doesn't know what they're doing about whether they're staying married to the EU or they're leaving the EU. Everybody is just a little confused. So it's not a bad thing. It's learn to love the confusion and don't take it personally. Um, and then, of course, we have this fabulous moon in Aries at the end of the week on Friday. And uh, I'm doing a webinar on Wednesday. It's up on my site. Feel free to sign up and watch for the Pluto into the south node. Big deal, big deal this week on Friday, on Thursday the 4th. Okay, let's do the moons and into the into the fun stuff. So we're into April tomorrow, April Fool's Day, everybody. Um, and the moon is going to be entering Pisces. It's uh, it's in Aquarius. It goes void today in Aquarius Sunday. Uh, it goes void today at 11:02 p.m. and it enters Aquarius uh, or enters Pisces at 10:48 tomorrow morning. And it's in Pisces Monday, Tuesday, going void at 11:36 a.m. with a square to Jupiter. Okay, think of that moon in Pisces, square Jupiter in Sag. And, of course, Mercury's in Pisces, Venus is in Pisces, Neptune's in Pisces, and, the, and, and Jupiter's in there getting, getting it all stirred up. So very emotional Monday, Tuesday. Wednesday, the moon goes void at 11.36 in the morning. It's void all afternoon, and it goes into Aries at 10.56 p.m. It's in Aries Wednesday night, Thursday, Friday, going void at 10.15 with the trine to Jupiter. Moon trine Jupiter in Fire Moon, Fire Jupiter, void 10.15 p.m. Friday night. Then Saturday morning, bright and early, it goes into Taurus, and it's in Taurus Saturday the 6th, Sunday the 7th, and it goes void at 4.28 in the morning with a trine to Pluto. Moon in Taurus, trine Pluto. So this week has excellent aspects for the moon, okay, overdoing at the beginning of the week. But the Fire Moon's visionary, and the Earth Moon of Taurus is manifesting in form, um, I'm going to be down at the uh, at the um, Vibrational Astrology Conference in Gainesville this weekend. So if anybody's down there, you know, watch for me and say hi. Come over and say hi. Um, being hosted by David and Faye Cochran. Uh, and, you know, it's a forward motion. Now we have a new moon on uh, Friday the 5th, and that is at uh, 15 degrees of Aries in your Aries house. And that's at 4.50 in the morning. So we're going to do the webinar Wednesday night. Um, uh, about that. And, of course, there's a new moon in every one of your houses in the course of the year. So this is the new moon instigating things in the Aries house of your chart. So I encourage you to sit down, do a ritual. This is a really nice, juicy moon. And then the Taurus moon right behind it, grow stuff, grow stuff. You know, So it's a nice, energetic push forward. In terms of the void moons this week, we're going to watch uh, Wednesday afternoon to evening. That one's void. And then the other ones are all pretty late. Um, early Monday mornings void till 1048. 
So I have somebody uh, was was thinking of starting a job on Monday, and I said, well, start them after ele- starting new employees. And start them after 11 because the moon's void in the morning. Um, but the aspects in general this week are very nice. It's a much uh, – Friday's kind of a busy afternoon because moon in cap is squaring Saturn and Pluto. And, of course, <clears throat> Pluto is going into the south node on the 4th. So that's a big one. And I'm I'm really curious. When I did an article on moon into the nodes or planets into the nodes, especially the big guys like Pluto and Saturn, it's big stuff, big stuff. So we'll watch for what that is. Um, and, of course, it's Capricorn, so, you know, it rules the Earth. So we'll see what how that shows up this week. So the sun this week is in Aries running from 11 to 18, <clears throat> and it has uh, a number of aspects with Mercury and Vesta inviting you to change how you think about things and to change your environment. It has contraparallels. So Aries, of course, wants to go and do things and leave stuff behind. Right, So it's got a leaving behind energy. Uh, Sun is also trying series on the 4th of April, wanting to be creative and understanding stuff. And the Sun is contraparallel Neptune on the 4th. The 4th is a big day, so just kind of, you know, watch the energy. Watch it circle. It's kind of giant. Um, Mercury and Neptune meet up on April 2nd, and, of course, this is the third of three, so you can find yourself extra emotional and perhaps a little foggy. Um, that is the day Congress has requested the Mueller report get delivered to Congress, and probably not going to happen, but you never know. Um, Mercury is also sextile Saturn on the 7th, which is a good working aspect. Mercury's in Pisces, though. So he's sextile Saturn and Earth. The two of them want to work together, but <clears throat> recognize there needs to be some kind of adjustment as Mercury has an inconjunct to Athena saying, hey, adjust the vision of how you're doing it. And he runs from 16 to 21. Uh, so any planets in your chart between 16 and 21 activated. He has gone direct, but he's moving very slowly. Venus this week goes uh, from 6 Pisces to 14 Pisces, 15 Pisces. So she's kicking up stuff. She's talking to Jupiter on the 31st, giving him a gift of uh, connection with her quintile to him. And then she has a number of aspects this week. Uh, she's talking to Pluto in a little bit of an argument. On the second, they're having a stress energy relationship. She wants something, and Pluto's like, you know what? I got a lot. Of, I got. I got to go to the South Node this week. So relationships can be a little bit fraught because there's triangles, there's drama, there's stuff going on underneath that you're not really a clear on yet. Trust me, it'll get clear. But right now, <clears throat> if you're feeling a little paranoid, love the paranoia. Do not act on it. Okay, try to the, I mean, people are going to be acting out their paranoia is all over the place. To the best of your ability, don't act out your paranoia. Um, Venus has a hard aspect to the nodes of fate on the second, making her feel she has to make a choice. She does not, but she's going to feel she has to, or people are going to want to. Remember, not everybody studies astrology like you do, so they can be a little cuckoo on, <laughs> on the second, especially around not getting what they want, because she also is in an argument, Venus is also in an argument with uh, Eris. Now, the two of them are forming a finger of God. Pluto and Eris are forming a finger of God uh, with Venus, right? So this is not an easy aspect. It's actually not a finger of God. It's like a like a reverse finger of God, but it's still a crabby aspect. So the second is kind of crabby. 
Um, and Eris, of course, is you know feeling a little discordant around how to get what they want. And you just have to kind of go, yeah, yeah, not getting what I want right now. Venus Square Series on the 7th, that's very creative and gets stuff moving. And we get very philosophical on the 7th with Venus in a... Um, in a biquintile to Athena, kind of seeing things we hadn't seen, which I'm kind of excited about because I'm going to be at an astrology conference. And this is a new new astrology for me. There's lots of different kinds of astrology, so I'm learning a new new technique. Mars, of course, goes into Gemini today, and so we should feel lighter and brighter and like more stuff is going on. And then Mars is in a semi-sextile to uh, Uranus, which is a creative aspect on the second, but also an adjusting energy. You know, Uranus is in Taurus, Mars is in Gemini, right? So think about it. Taurus wants to be solid and reliable. Mars and Gemini want some choices. Uranus wants to change things. Mars goes, I don't know that you really want to change it that way. I don't know. you. And remember, Mars is going to be very indecisive right now because he is in uh, Gemini, but he's answering to Mercury. In Pisces, joined to Neptune. So, you, you know, you're not necessarily making the best decisions, you're you're working on your gut and your you know your intention is good but don't don't freak out if you don't really know what the heck's going on you know i was talking to my friend uh maureen a little earlier and you know selling her house moving and doesn't know where she's going doesn't know what she's going to do for work doesn't you know a whole bunch of neptune ahead of her but doing it right so trust the process just kind of go yeah I'm riding in the Neptune. So I'm like, well, I'll call you back and find out what's going on. She goes, well, I don't know what's going on. I said, I know. This is what's exciting about it. You don't know what's going on. That's the best part. It's like riding in the riding in the raft and not knowing when the rapids are coming. So watch the rapids this week because there is a rapid energy, but also it's going to go really fast, right? Um, so Mars hitting the, uh, you know, really acting like a Pisces. It's still going to act like it's Mars and Pisces, even though it's in Gemini. Because it's answering to Mercury Neptune. <clears throat> Mars also hits the south the north node of fate by declination. So there's an invitation to move forward on the second process to go in. He's also contraparallel Saturn, which acts a little bit like an opposition on the third of April, which means he's gonna Saturn's gonna say caution, 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 and Mars is gonna go, No, I gotta do this, no, I gotta do that, no, I gotta you know, the back and forth energy that Mars and Gemini is so known for, uh, very active back and forth. And he also is a sextile to Chiron, which speaks to the wound. And he also is contraparallel Pluto. So Mars is on the other side of Saturn and Pluto who are hanging out in Capricorn, right? He's above the equator. So he's kind of arguing with them. And remember, he's in Gemini, and he's answering to Mercury and Pisces, so he's really a little confused, but he knows he doesn't want to do it. So kind of think about, you know, when you were younger, and you were playing with water in the backyard, and you were running the hose, and the hose goes down the driveway, and all the leaves kind of start to move a little, but not really, but they kind of form a blockade, and then they kind of move. And so think running water, blockades, and you know as you wash the water against the blockades, the blockades soften, release, and then the leaves go down the driveway, right? Or... You know, you're washing, you're flushing something. You know, you're you're cleaning off the back deck. Like in my house on Fire Island, a lot of bamboo leaves, right? And, um, you know, if you sprayed it off, which was an option, you know, you could take the, the hose and spray off the deck when you were cleaning the deck off. Spray the leaves right off the deck, kind of like a leaf blower, 
right? Except that's with air. In this case, think water. Water blowing and moving, removing blockades as the Mars goes to the the Pluto and the um, Saturn contraparallel. And then Mars has a sesquiquadrate to Saturn, which is a stressful aspect where I have to take action, and that's on the 7th. Like, I have to do it. And then next week it's going to have a stressful aspect to Pluto where <laughs> I have to, I'm feeling a little stressed, but I have to take action. Jupiter this week is opposite Juno, a lot of relationships, saying, okay, I'm done with that, finished with that, done with that, finished with that. And we're going to be getting ready for Jupiter to station next week. So on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we're going to feel Jupiter slowing down at 24. And he is opposite the marriage planet on the 8th. So he's kind of looking at relationships and saying, do I want to continue this relationship or not? We can anticipate a lot of layoffs this week with Jupiter opposite uh, Juno by declination saying, or by opposite Juno saying, we're finished with this partnership here. This is done. I'm not going to do this partnership. I'm going to do something else. Saturn has a parallel to the nodes of fate, particularly the south node on April 6th. So parallels are similar to conjunctions. So Saturn, even though he isn't joining the south node by conjunction until the end of the month, He's saying to you, this structure is finished. It's letting go. This is a fabulous week for things to let go, okay? Because Saturn and Pluto are the structure, and there's something going on. Now, yesterday, I was in my house, and I don't know where it's coming from, but there's a smell of wet plaster. So I know there's a leak behind some wall in my living room. I'm guessing behind my the one in the front, because that's where there's a bathroom. But I kept walking into the living room and smelling water, what, you know, like wet plaster smell. And I go in the bedroom, it wasn't there. I had a couple clients come in. I said, do you smell wet plaster? And they were like, yeah, I do. So I don't know where it's from, but I'm looking for a structural collapse this week somewhere in my living room with Neptune coming in and softening the structures, releasing them. And, you know, remember that, you know, when it gets really nice and soft and gushy, right, because water makes everything gushy. So just kind of watch for structural shifts. And unfortunately, you know, it's one of those bad aspects when we have Saturn and Pluto with this kind of thing, you know, like a bunch of people on a deck and the deck collapses, you know, one of those kind of things coming this weekend. Watch for it. Hopefully you don't be on the deck. But watch for the Saturn-Neptune story, the structure of water softening. And, of course, uh, we're still having big floods in the Midwest, um, so watch for those water those water things. And, of course, with Pluto on the south node, there was some little scary. There was a nuclear power plant in Nebraska that, up near Lincoln, Nebraska, that they put sandbags on to try and keep the thing from not blowing up. Uh, so, you know, that would certainly be a Pluto water kind of thing. Hopefully we're not having anything like that. But we did have uh, Fukushima on a similar aspect to this way back when, the one over in Japan. So Saturn hits the nodes of fate on April 6th, and it says, okay, what's the structure you want? Then we have Uranus with a um, uh, semi-sextile to Vesta, wanting you to clean up the home and hearth, and that's on the 6th, or home, clean up your body. It's a great time for spring cleanses. Pluto, as I mentioned, hits the south node on April 4th at 3.17 p.m. East Coast time. Watch for what goes on then. That should be a big event. Um, and I'm, you know, we 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 don't know. We love Pluto because he's about transformation. <laughs> but when he hits things that are important, like the note of fate, it's usually a pretty big deal. 
And then he has an inconjunct to Juno on the 6th. So the 4th is kind of fraught. Vesta goes into Aries on the 3rd. Uh, Chiron is contraparallel to Aries on their Vesta on the 6th. So there's a lot of energy around, you know, the structures that are that we're in, that we're part of, and also a lot of partnering energy or relate adjustments in partnerships on April 5th. So we kind of watch the week. It's an interesting week. It is very emotional with all the Pisces, with Mars answering to Mercury and Pisces. It is really sensitive. It's got a lot of stuff. With the closing aspects are good, so generally it's a positive movement forward, you know, when their closing aspects are hard in addition to it, but it also helps us get clear on what we're trying to do. A couple of seats left in the uh, trip to Tuscany in um, May, uh, May 3rd, May May 7th to the, I'm going over there on the 3rd. Gonna go to go, gonna go to Venice, you know, and see Venice. I've never been to Venice. And then I'm teaching in Tuscany uh, that uh, that week. So, you know, feel free to come. I think it'll be great fun. We're, we have a really good group. We were planning it today. It's from May 9th to the 15th. And then I'm going to start talking about some of the other stuff. I'm going to be up in Boston, in Buffalo, not Boston, Buffalo on June 1st and uh, Lilydale that weekend in June. Um, uh, Lilydale on June 1st, or Ju- Lilydale on June 2nd. I'm in Canada, in Toronto, on the 8th and the 9th, and I'm teaching a really cool workshop called Mapping Your Life. It's very, very fun. And I'm really excited because we're doing it over a two-day period. Normally, I try and pack it into a day, and everybody walks out with their brain falling on the floor. So I'm really looking forward to having the luxury of time to hang out with my Canadian, my Toronto folk, and do uh, do the workshop. And people go home like blown out of their mind with the beauty of astrology. And on uh, June 11th, I'm teaching a workshop. I'm teaching, doing a wine wine fundraiser for the Jung Board. I'm a member of the Jung Association here in New York, and I'm speaking on Jung's view of astrology and it's a wine taster and a fundraiser and that's going to be on june 11th so mark your calendars and we also of course still do access astrology every tuesday here in new york where you can drop in and for five dollars hang out with a bunch of fun astrologers and make friends so on that bright note i'm going to wish you all a great month a great sunday the last day of may of march rather off into april remember april fools is tomorrow watch for april fools tricks um, and I wish you a great week and a big hugs and all that kind of cool stuff. And just, you know, recognize this week, lots of water, lots of emotion. And, you know, I just hope, I just had my apartment painted. I just hope the leak doesn't, whatever the leak was, that it's not going to take my wall down. <laughs> Have a great week. And Ann Orley signing off from the Bright Red Desk. Bye.